Welcome to our podcast series, The New World of Life Sciences. Life science companies are facing unprecedented change, which is significantly impacting the existing business model. In this podcast series, we will discuss key trends and their implications for the life science industries and key imperatives for business model innovation. My name is Arne Butmann. I'm a partner at Oxygy. 20 years of experience in helping clients in pharma and medical device industries improve how they work and reimagine their business model. Again, today with me is Günther Klutschek. Uh, quick introduction, Günther. I'm Günther Klutschek. Um, I joined Oxygy Consulting as a director about a year ago. Uh, prior to consulting, I've been working for pharmaceutical industry for more than 25 years. Um, in various operational and strategic roles um, in uh, local markets as, as well in uh, regional headquarters and chief of staff and head of strategy for the um, uh, Europe and Canada region. Thank you, Günther. Last time we talked about key trends in life sciences and one of them was the issue of sustainable funding due to the increasing medical demand caused by advances in medical sciences, by a growing and aging population and a falling budget on the other hand. Um, can you tell us more about the move towards outcome-based funding? Governments and payers are exerting pressure to drive down healthcare costs since uh, quite some time. Uh, many cost containment initiatives such as price controls, fostering generic use, budget caps, stringent reimbursement processes, and, and, and so on, they are in place and the number is further increasing while we are speaking. However, uh, payers are realizing that driving down uh, drug prices alone may not be, uh, may not be enough. Uh, hence, they are demanding uh, for improved health outcomes. Uh, for, for example, reduction in morbidity and mortality uh, or enhanced efficiency of care pathways, uh, reduced uh, resource consumption, and so on. So they are really requesting clinical and or economic superiority compared uh, to what's uh, available today. And of course, they want uh, to see strong real-world evidence uh, to support those claims. Would you say that this is a universal trend that you see across the globe? Well, um, of course, there are differences between different geographies um, and, and, and markets. And uh, although the willingness, capability and infrastructure for value-based pricing is uh, growing faster in some markets uh, than in others, I think the trend is pretty clear. In future, pharma companies will be paid for outcomes and not for products. And um, as a result of this, um, value-based pricing and pay-for-performance is on the rise. I think the COVID-19 crisis might accelerate the move towards this outcome-based healthcare. Uh, the massive healthcare resources for managing the crisis will put enormous pressure on constrained budgets and may also lead uh, to an even more pronounced, uh, to even more pronounced trade-off decisions to optimize the outcome um, let's say, from a community perspective. You're right, Gunther. What, what we see already is an increasing number of markets, the shift in stakeholder balance of power towards payers and patients. 
I guess this will accelerate the focus on health outcomes even further. Yeah, for sure. Farmers need for demonstrating value based on uh, health outcomes becomes even more pronounced uh, with this shift. Already nowadays, governments and payers are increasingly influencing what uh, physicians are allowed to prescribe. The new digital technology provides the payers with the outcome uh, data they need to determine best medical practice. And treatment pro protocols man mandated by payers have started to, to replace individual treatment decisions by physicians. I think the Nordics are a very good example for this development. But on the other hand, as you said, patients are becoming increasingly important stakeholder because they are willing and able, thanks to digital technology, to take greater control of their own health. Patient advocacy groups play an increasingly important role in influencing uh, health uh, policy discussions. And what we also see is that patient needs have moved beyond just um, safety and efficacy. And they are increasingly demanding really tailored uh, health solutions. So given these developments, what are now the implications for the industry? Yeah, and as, as, um, as said, the ability to demonstrate the value of uh, your offering uh, is absolutely key. And uh, in order to do this uh, properly, the pharma companies uh, have to start from the perspective of all stakeholders, uh, including uh, payers and, and patients. And they need to identify what are their unmet needs and value drivers, and based on that, develop uh, new value propositions. And uh, these value propositions need to be certainly backed up by data. Yeah? And as clinical trials uh, have um, some limitations, complementary real-world evidence and patient-reported outcomes are needed to really show effectiveness of a medication in practice. By the way, this also will serve as basis then for pay-for-performance and uh, to demonstrate uh, uh, real value for money uh, to payers and, and the society. Uh, therefore, strong real-world um, evidence capabilities and a reliable infrastructure for data access are uh, needed. However, having strong clinical data for the drug itself may not be sufficient for a compelling value demonstration uh, because there are many factors such as adherence or um, uh, gaps in the care pathway, insufficiencies in the, in the care provision, uh, which uh, influence the outcome. And uh, in order to create a compelling value demonstration, I think it really becomes vital to manage a transformation from a pure drug provision into the health uh, management space, which means that additional services and solutions around the product offering, based on this in-depth understanding we discussed before, may be needed to really improve health outcomes by personalization and tailoring of care. So then developing a stakeholder-centric model which encompasses the shift in power and considers the varying needs and the value drivers of the five Ps, right? So the physicians, the providers, the policymakers, the payers and the patients becomes imperative. What, what yeah. is your opinion, Günther, on managing potentially conflicting needs? 
I think the needs of the patient give the other stakeholders in the uh, life science space the, the right to exist. Therefore, the patient journey must serve as a central uh, framework for clinical development activities, health outcome uh, related value propositions, and engagement models. Patient interests have to be put in the center of a company's decision making and actions, all aiming for improved for an improved patient experience and uh, patient value creation. And I think an important aspect here is co-creation. As the patient knows best what it does mean to live with a certain condition, they have to be engaged in the co-creation of health solutions along the entire um, uh, value chain uh, of a company. However, becoming a preferred partner to diverse stakeholder means delivering an excellent end-to-end -end customer experience for all five of them. Besides the what to offer, the how to engage is important. A, a multi-channel and co-creation approach helps designing customer, customized engagement solutions based on channel preferences of the diverse uh, stakeholders. Right. So then in this current COVID-19 crisis, where we have significant restrictions to face-to-face -face interaction and, and forced virtual engagements within companies and, and with our customers, how is customer engagement going to change in the future with the experience from this crisis? Yeah, that's a very good question. I think it's going to accelerate virtual engagement and uh, all the efforts uh, to establish and drive uh, multi-channel marketing capabilities. Because the crisis has provided really tangible examples and evidence of benefits in using, in using digital means. And additionally, the forced use of these means uh, has increased uh, familiarity with the digital tools. Will there be less traditional face-to-face -face Salesforce activities as a result of the crisis? Probably. However, the, the shift in the balance of power has already led to different engagement capabilities and roles, many of them being non-commercial, such as patient advocacy leads or medically scientific uh, liaisons, or also virtual engagements uh, like webinars. And the question will be, what is the right balance between face-to-face -face and virtual in the light of emerging stakeholders, their needs, more pronounced partnering and co-creation approach. Thank you, Günther. That's good question and also very good insights. This concludes the second episode of our podcast. In the next episode, Günther and I will take a deeper dive into the various aspects of digitalization in life sciences and how these disruptive new technologies, therapies and competitors call for digital transformation, for more collaboration and for more partnering. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and tune in for our next episode. Thank you.